the Eighth Circuit Network. We make things. Put them in your brain. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your host, Peter. Welcome to Funk Radio. Kyle, can you believe that today is our 25th episode of Funk Radio? (laughs) Sadly, I can. No, No, they've gone by fast. I know, it feels like we just started a couple months ago. I guess we did. We started, what, like September? Yeah, It's only been like four months and we have 25 episodes. Pretty cool. Hey, we could have like a hundred... No, that's not right. I'm bad at math. What were you going to say? I was going to say we could have like a hundred episodes a year, but... There's only 12 months in a year, not 16. Yeah, I guess we would only do about 50 per year if we do one per week. With, 52. Well, with, with some vacation time. So, Kyle, what's going on in your life right now? Yeah, something happened that was pretty crunchy. Um, I finally found a job. Yay. After, what, six months, six and a half months of searching. It only took that long. Well, just goes to show what our job market is like right now. No, it's, it's pretty cool. They make, like, surgical supplies and i'm like a creative designer so i help with their graphic marketing do you think you'll become a doctor one day no because <laughs> that requires 12 years of school and four was hard enough maybe you can just get it through experience with working with the medical field rather than going to school for it so if i work for 12 years as a graphic designer at a place that makes medical supplies that automatically lets, allows me to earn my doctorate <laughs> You know what I think about it? I really hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been here 12 years. You can operate on people now. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh. Well, the, the flaws in my plan are starting to show, so maybe we should <laughs> move on to our topic for today. Yes. Basically, yeah, we each want to talk about some of our personal favorite funk songs, and particularly ones that helped introduce us to the world of funk and soul mm-hmm. in different ways. It's hard to say in any you know single way, but I think a lot of it is just because like it's kind of in the background in our culture now. Like we've we've talked before about how you know it's in like TV commercials and stuff like that. There's a little, always like little ways that you kind of you know get exposed to this, but not in any heavy sense, I suppose. And I think finding something new like that was a lot of the appeal for me. Yeah, for me at least, majoritarily how I was exposed to it was my dad always used to like this kind of music because it was the music he grew up with as a kid, Hmm. like when he was like really young, like 10 to 12. So because of that, he played a lot around me, and then eventually I just came to not think it was stupid. (laughs) I mean, there's different different avenues that I discovered certain songs or certain artists, but Mm -hmm. my like of soul music came from my pappy. That's cool. Was there ever a time in your childhood where you were kind of sick of it and like didn't really like it that much? Yeah, I had like these random moments as a kid where I would like certain styles of music, whether whether they be popular or whatever, I will admit, unfortunately, despite my heterosexuality as a child, I did go through a, what is it, Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears phase. Nice. Mostly because probably like the seedlings of hormones were raging inside my lungs. <laughs> yes, the changes were, yes. were happening. So I unfortunately did have those disturbing phases. Well, I mean, it's better than if you were, like, obsessed with, like, NSYNC or something. Or uh... I liked NSYNC, too. Okay, but I mean, like, I mean, in the same way. Oh, yeah, 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 no. And the Backstreet Boys, those were the two, the two big ones of uh, our time. Remember that music video for that one? I don't know which one of them it was. It was one of the two where it was, like, in space. 
I don't, not honestly, no, I don't. Okay. I don't think I ever saw any music videos for oh, that, yeah. that kind of stuff. I watched far too much Disney Channel as a kid, and they always yeah, said, I did too. Getting back on topic, I wanted to do, obviously wanted to talk about some songs, particularly that brought us into these genres. The first one that I thought of is the song Hold On, I'm Coming by Sam and Dave. The first place I heard the song, I'm not even kidding, is in the movie The Blues Brothers. That's cool. That's a good movie. Yeah, really good movie. Totally recommend it if any of you haven't seen it. It was like the first, you know, all those SNL movies that came out in the 90s and stuff? Hmm. It was like the first, and it came out in the 70s, because the Blues Brothers were a skit on the show during its first formal years. Hmm. I didn't actually but, know that. Yes. Uh, cool. Yeah, John, not, yeah, John Belushi, John Belushi mm-hmm. and Dan Aykroyd were, were both like original cast members with Chevy Chase and those guys. That's cool. It's in a it's in a car chase scene in the Blues Brothers, <laughs> and Dad showed me this movie when I was probably like eight or nine, and I just like fell in love with the movie. I thought it was like the greatest comedy movie of all time, and the songs in it, along with many others, and it just I don't know it, it stuck with me because it was such a catchy song, and now every time I hear the song, I think of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Should we go ahead and listen to a clip of that song? Yeah, no. Let's listen to a little clip of "Hold On, I'm Coming" by Sam Dave. Dave is dead, but Sam's still alive. I don't know. Should we double-check quick? I was going to say, like you said before, we always pronounce people dead when they're not, so they could both still be alive. I don't even know. Let's just, I'm going to double-check this really quick. Sounds good. Let's see. Well, Sam, uh, looks like he's still alive, and Dave died in 1988. Aww. So you were right, then. Oh my gosh, I'm never right. <laughs> you are sometimes. So yeah, Mr. Peter, what about you? What are some songs that inspired you? If you could really tie it down to one song that first kind of jump-started my, my love for, for funk and soul, it would be The Rubber Band Band by The Spinners. They were released in 1976. They were one of the really big uh, Philly groups in uh, the Philadelphia soul scene, and this is probably one of their most famous songs. You know, okay, do you, do you remember uh, early, yeah, early 2000s? What was it? I think it was not Office Depot and not Staples. What was the third one? There's like three major ones. Office Max. Office, Office Max, Office Depot, and Staples is the only three right. I know. Yeah, Office Max is the one I was thinking of. And in the early 2000s, they had a series of commercials that they put out. It was this black guy with a big afro, and he was really cool, and he would push around this shopping cart full of office supplies. And they were playing the rubber band, man, and then he was basically the rubber... rubber bleh, it's hard to say. He was playing... He was That was his character. He was the rubber band man because he had one of those... You know, you know those uh, rubber balls that are made out of rubber bands like tied around each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember these commercials at all? I, I want to say maybe I do, but because the idea of an African-American guy with an afro pushing around a cart does sound familiar. Mm, okay, yeah. Well, they they have a fair number of, of these commercials with him, and he was, like, like the really, like, cool hip guy. And he was, like, tossing, you know, uh, office supplies to people in the office who needed, you know, whatever it was that he gave to them. So that song really stuck with me after I heard it. In oh, the- and wouldn't they, like, toss him rubber bands back and then add them to his ball? Uh, maybe. I don't big. remember. It was especially a big thing during, like, back to school as well, because then, like, kids were, like, getting supplies for school and everything, and then he was... <laughs> he's, just, he's just tossing staplers at small children. <laughs> that sounds very dangerous. Yes. But yeah, that song 
I don't know. For some reason, when I heard it in that commercial, I thought, wow, it's, that's really kind of like a fun, upbeat song. I haven't really heard anything quite like it before, so it turned out to be this song. So it goes back to our episode, how commercials introduced us to, uh, to songs. And this is a good example of one that was semi-recent, probably about 10 years ago. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and listen to a clip of The Rubber Band Man by The Spinners. Definitely, that's still one of my favorite soul songs today. I think probably because it was uh, my, the first one that I really ended up liking. Getting back to some funk and soul songs that I was originally exposed to, another one that I thought of was the song Get Down On It by Cool and the Gang. It's a pretty cool song. I think it was sampled by Snoop Dogg at some point. Really? Total random digression, but it was really funny. Okay. So me and my parents were going out to dinner the other day, and my dad is pretty classic guy as far as music he's always listening to like you know classic rock and smoke and soul and stuff and he puts on Snoop Dogg <laughs> and I'm just like what? because he never listens to rap and he's like what are you talking about you don't like Snoop Dogg? I'm like well I do but you're not allowed to <laughs> you're too old to like Snoop Dogg he's like you realize Snoop Dogg is like my age I'm like my god <laughs> that's funny because yeah he's in his like he's like in his mid 40s now Snoop Dogg is mm. no he changed his name to like Snoop Cat or cat dog. I don't even know. <laughs> he changed his name to Cat Dog. Like that what was that cartoon Cat Dog? That was really. Oh, scary. you mean wait? So Snoop Lion? Thank you, Snoop Lion. Oh, okay, because I've heard of him recently. But you didn't realize. And I didn't realize that was the same guy. I thought it was somebody else <laughs> who called himself Snoop Lion. I didn't realize why did he why did he change his name to Snoop Lion? As best as I can tell, I think he like made a trip to Jamaica and discovered that it was like the land of pot, so he became Rastafarian and, and thus changed his name. Oh, uh, okay. Good for him, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, getting back to Get Down On It by Cool and the Gang. This song was first played at a dance in eighth grade for me. Oh, really? It was the first time I was really exposed to the concept of this music being used for dancing. Mm. Was, I mean, in the, well, when was it like in the middle school, like the early 2000s, there was still all like Britney Spears and whatever yeah. was popular. And I was like, wait a second this is pretty cool. <laughs> and I think they're talking about sex. <laughs> was that, you know, was like that why the, you liked it, Kyle? Yes. No. Uh, you know the stereotype of those eighth grade dances where like the boys and the girls are on opposite sides of the room and no one actually dances? Right, yeah. That was this dance until the song came on. Nice. <laughs> so, Cool and the Gang still got it 30 years later or 40 years later convincing small children to dance in the gyrate. That's pretty awesome. I don't remember them playing any songs like that at my junior high dances you know what's so funny about that is the junior high i went to was a religious school and they played this Mm. well i mean it's not like overtly sexual no no let's listen to a little clip of get down on it by cool and the gang so you too can gyrate move like small children how you gonna do it if you really don't wanna dance by standing on the wall get your back up off the wall tell me how you gonna do it if you really don't wanna dance by standing Get 
Yeah, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> so another song very early in my discovering of funk is a song called Shake Your Groove Thing by Peaches and Herb. Now, they were a pretty famous disco duo. I think they did one other song that was pretty popular called um, Reunited, which was pretty good. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. Um, so Shake Your Groove Thing is one of their most popular songs. The way I uh, came across this song was that I don't remember exactly what it was. Somehow we ended up with like a mixed CD from some brand that was trying to encourage you to... like the, It was basically like the CD's like, hey, here's some songs to help you you know, get up and get moving and work out. <laughs> and I have no idea where we got it, but I think it was free. And I don't know where it came from. Did you get it in the $5 bargain bag? No, like it, it was came in the mail or something. I, don't, I, have, I honestly don't remember where it came from. That's funny. But... <laughs> This was one of the songs in there, and for some reason it stuck with me, because I was like, hey, this is pretty fun. Did you jazzercise to it, Peter? No, I didn't actually use the songs for their intended purpose. I didn't use them <laughs> to exercise, unfortunately. But uh, <laughs> it's a pretty good song. It's very upbeat and fun. And I think that's a lot of another reason why I kind of came to, to Funk and Souls and Disco is because I really like music that's you know it's very lighthearted and fun. And I think these, these type of songs was really like a new, fresh way for me to kind of discover music like that. Pretty cool. Let's go ahead and listen to a clip of Shake Your Groove Thing by Peaches and Herb. Have you ever heard this song before, Kyle? I want to swear, if I, where did I first hear this song? Because it, it, it kind of stuck with me, too. Mm. I don't know. It might have been a commercial or something. or like Remember those uh, those exercise machines they had where it was like a, a belt that went around your waist and it just like jiggled your waist fat? <laughs> but I don't know. They came back in the 90s or something. Did they really? Some new version of them. I don't know. Did they have the Bowflex and all that stuff by then? I was just going to say, I was going to ask you if you remember Bowflex. I do remember Bowflex. God, that was the stupidest thing ever. What was the... Okay, what, do you remember? There was a series of, like, workout videos. It was, like... one. There was, like, one for abs, one for butt, and there was, like, a bunch of other ones. It's just and called I, Butt Workout. Yeah. <laughs> Not for children. <laughs> I don't... Oh God, I honestly don't remember what they were, but, like, the name was, like, almost like a household name just because everyone knew what it was. Billy Mays Butt Workout. <laughs> Please never say that again. <laughs> You know, forget it, because I, I, you probably don't have no idea what I'm talking about. I know, I remember the ones that were like, you know, like, eight-minute abs or seven-minute abs or whatever. Uh, maybe it, was, it might have been something. You're supposed to work out for like seven minutes a day and suddenly get like six-pack abs. Cause that's, <laughs> After one day. Because that's how it works. If you So if you work out your butt, you get six-pack abs somehow. You get a six-pack butt. <laughs> that's a really weird image. Okay. Do we want to talk about your next song? Yeah, yeah. Now I just want a six-pack butt. Another song that that definitely was one of the uh, earlier, I guess, exposures for me to soul music and more specifically R&B is the song Lovely Day by Bill Withers. Uh, it was originally written in 1977. Uh, it was written by Bill Withers and his buddy Skip Scarborough. It's a cool name. I was exposed to Bill Withers pretty early. Uh, and Lovely Day, I remember, was one of his like happier tunes. Because it's going to be a lovely day. And I don't know, similar to you, how you said you just like happy, upbeat music. Uh, mm-hmm. 
in my like early teens, uh, I was really into that same like just anything that was happy. I I liked for some reason, and it stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Probably because I was a happy kid. So yeah, this I don't know. I can't. I honestly can't pinpoint where I first heard this song. I just remember it was one of the first sort of soul songs that I remember specifically liking and knowing the name of the song and the artist. Is this one that you heard from your dad, maybe? or do you... uh, I'm sure it probably was. I don't remember where or if it was just one he played or whatever. But, yeah, um, I wish I had a better backstory for this. It's just a cool song and it built yeah. one of my first, like, artistic loves and as far as, like, soul and R&B and stuff. Mm-hmm. I love that we always joked that we were going to, because we watched that documentary Still Bill, uh, right. And we were always joked that we were just going to write him a letter and have him come on the show, and he'd be like, okay. Well, there's still time. I think he's still alive. So. I think he, I think he's still alive. That's sad. I think he was pretty much pretty kicking on the documentary, and that wasn't made that long ago. That was only a couple years old, so, yeah. Let's listen to a little clip of Lovely Day by Bill Withers. Then I look at you And the world Every day is a lovely day when you listen to funk radio. Every day is a good day when you paint. What do you have to talk about now, Mr. Peter? Well, okay, well, the next song is one that I'm sure many of you will remember. The song Can't Heat by Jamiroquai. So this song came from their fourth studio album called Synchronized, and that was released in 1990. But uh, I think it was most famously featured in the movie Napoleon Dynamite, when near the end, when Napoleon Dynamite does his little dance show for the whole high school. And, and pretty much every time we talk about Jamiroquai, we talk about this song, and we go back to Napoleon Dynamite. Basically. I think, I think, I think, I think it's a rule. I think a lot, probably. And I think probably a lot of people associate them with that movie. And I certainly do. Which is sad for them. Well, like like you were saying on another sh- on another episode, is like that's that kind of helped boost their exposure a little bit, especially like in America. True. Because I think yeah, cause they they're were from like, the UK, right? Yeah, they're from the UK, so, so it got um, good exposure over here. Yeah, that's a, that's a good song that stuck with me. It's pretty fun. Should we listen to a clip of that? I think we should. Yeah, if if you people don't recognize it by name, you'll certainly probably recognize it um, by sound. So this is Can't Heat by Jamiroquai. Um, hey. very deadpan humor type movie <laughs> yeah that introduced me to that group and that song especially so yeah uh, yeah that was <laughs> speaking of really awful slapstick i totally watched the, the, the three stooges movie yesterday you mean like the the new one they made yeah the one with those like god so bad so with three different actors and they just were really good impersonators they were actually very good impersonators it was so awful that they actually had the cast from jersey shore in the movie the whole cast most of them because wow. there, there was a i don't know there was a plot twist where mo ends up as a member on the jersey shore show because he like accidentally auditions for a part because he like wanders onto a stage with curly and the other guy larry and they do their 
stupid gag and the guy liked it so he like hired Mo to be on the Jersey Shore show so then it shows like an episode and he's just like doing all this slapstick to the Jersey Shore people and like <laughs> hitting them and stuff and it was kind of funny but yeah going back to of some of our favorite funk and soul songs another song probably another one of my first exposures was the song What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. For those of you that don't know, What's Going On was um, a single released by Marvin Gaye in 1971 under the Motown subsidiary Tamla. Marvin Gaye, very famous soul, sort of, yeah, soul artist. Mm-hmm. I think he was even called the King of Soul at some point. That's cool. Getting back to how I first heard the song, I remember it was playing on a radio when I was going on, I don't know, I was going on some trip to like the beach or God knows what. I remember the very beginning of the song where it has like the people talking. Yeah. It's supposed to be at like a party or like a club or something. Yeah. And I heard that and I'm like, this is weird. This isn't a song. Mm-hmm. And then the song started and I'm like, hey, this is cool. I'm, hmm. li- I'm little cow. How old were you? Because <laughs> you're making a voice like you're really little. Probably like nine. Back when, you know, like, you know that age when, when you go to, I don't know if you've, you've probably been to the beach more than I have. You're from California. When you go to the beach and there's like a certain age where you go to the beach and you're excited to play in the sand and then yeah. reach a certain age where you go to the beach and you're excited to play in the water. Mm-hmm. I was still in the sand stage. I'm still in the sand stage. <laughs> Next time you go to the beach, are you going to bring like a pail and shovel? Yeah. I used to love digging a giant hole for myself and then digging like a small tunnel between my hole and the ocean or the lake or wherever. <laughs> I think everybody did and that. And then had the hole filled with water and I'd be like, yay, I'm in a bathtub. <laughs> did you actually ever successfully do that? Yeah, all the really? time. That's cool. I was a master of like aqueducts and aquifers. I should have been a plumber. Because <laughs> I think, like, because I, I remember doing, trying to do that as well. But I think as a kid, I was too dumb to realize that you know I would dig the hole like way too far away from the water. Because you're then, scared of the water. No, I was just I, I just wasn't thinking. Because like I mean, probably realistically, you have to probably do it pretty close, right? Yeah. To the edge. So. See, you weren't you weren't a good plumbing planner like I was. No, see, well, it's it's good that I didn't become a plumber like you. Well, I guess you're not one either. <laughs> so yeah, that's my story uh, about what's going on, and that's what's going on. So let's listen to a clip. associate this song with the beach then uh yeah i definitely think of it as a summer song hmm. like i know it's supposed to be like an anti-war protest song and whatnot right but i heard it like while doing the quintessential summer thing so i just always associate it with with the summer that's cool well like i told you recently um within the last week or so the the album which this comes from called what's going on i finally got around to listening to the whole album um recently because i, I always knew that that these some of these songs came from that album and it was really well received and everything but i actually listened to it for the first time in its entirety it's incredible were you floored or were you blown away i was blown away on the floor <laughs> i just imagine you like blowing across like a room with like a wooden floor like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no seriously like for almost all the songs maybe like minus like the last couple it's very seamless between the songs so it almost sounds like it's just like one long song for most of the album Ooh. And just lyrically as well, because I think a lot of this album was about the Vietnam War and that whole thing going on. 
that was what's going on. <laughs> but um, lyrically as well, I think it was really well done. And it's uh, considered like number four or five best albums of all time. Really? Yeah, it's really up there. So um, I can I can I can see how how it achieved that. I mean, it was pretty well done. Yeah, I mean, I've always happened to listen to the songs individually. I've never listened to them in the order they're supposed to be on the album. So no, I would definitely recommend it. It's pretty good. Hey, my first day of work tomorrow. I'll listen to it on Spotify. Bam. Nice. That's why I listen to it. There you go. See, isn't Spotify amazing? I finally converted you. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yay. So the next song I want to talk about, so this is moving ahead a little bit, because the songs I've been talking about were more like uh, junior high and early high school. Now, this song I want to talk about, Give Up the Funk or Tear the Roof Off the Sucker by Parliament. I, I discovered this during my freshman year of college, which that year was like the huge jump for me. I, I guess the summer before, but also that year was the really big jump for me in terms of discovering funk and really coming to love it and discovering more artists that way. This song was released in 1976 off their album Mothership Connection and topped several charts, and I learned that apparently this became certified gold within the same year that it came out. Really? Selling one million copies. So I guess it was very popular when it first came out, which is pretty cool. Definitely not quite in the same style, because a lot of the ones we've been talking about have been very more in the vein of soul. Yeah. Whereas this is like really like hardcore funk in the in the very Parliament style that we all know and love. Sort of bizarre, but fun at the same time. Well, since I'm talking about how it sounds, let's actually go ahead and listen to a clip really quick of Give Up the Funk, Tear the Roof Off the Sucker by Parliament. Have you ever torn the roof off of a sucker? Does that count? Does it count if I take the wrapper off like a Tootsie Pop? No. As soon as I said that, I totally thought about like, you know, when you go to like places as a kid and they give you suckers like everywhere you go? I guess so. Like as a kid, like it seems like every place I went, like the bank or the dentist or... Oh, they would give you like a lollipop? Suckers, yeah. Oh, so you want want to know where, how I kind of came to discover Parliament? Sure. So if you remember, Kyle, during our freshman year of college, there was... The show Mighty Boosh. Yes. <laughs> Which was a weird British comedy show. So it was very weird. strange. They had an episode, which is probably by far the most famous one, called Old Greg. And it was about... There, this guy goes out on the on the lake. I don't know where the hell they were. I think it was like Scotland or something like that. And all of a sudden, this like fish man type guy <laughs> comes into his boat and he's like, What you doing in my waters? And basically, this guy who's fishing gets taken down to Old Greg's lair. Old Greg is threatening slash trying to love uh, this other guy. I guess his name was Howard. It was, like, do you, you remember watching this, right? Yes. Yeah. Very, very strange. It was really funny, though, I think, at the time. Because, I mean, like, during my first week of college, like, when we were still doing orientation and stuff, oh. somebody recommended this to our group of people. So we all watched it together. <laughs> But what happens, okay, so what happens in uh, old Greg's lair when he's talking to Howard, he brings a box and puts it on the table and says, I got the funk, it's in this box. And so he opens it up and there's this weird space head-looking creature thing. Which made no sense. The whole show doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So then old Greg tells the story of how he found the funk, which is a living creature from outer space. If you really want to go look it up, it's called Old Greg by the Mighty Boosh. I think it's it's on YouTube, I think the whole episode. Yeah, it's, uh, it's probably all over YouTube still. The, when he tells the story about how he found the funk, and then they do 
one or two songs later on the show about the funk. It, it was, I found it very funny. And then, because he refers to Bootsy Collins, who was one of the main members of Parliament, and then he also, they referenced like P-Funk at some point, which is what they were called. Parliament Funkadelic, they were called P-Funk. So I was curious, so I looked at them up, and then I ended up finding out about them and about this song. And then from there, I kind of discovered them and their whole music from that song. Very, very strange way to, to discover a group, but I guess the group themselves are pretty weird, and they would probably would have really endorsed the show because they were pretty much just as weird. I agree that. I don't know where I discovered. I think I just probably discovered them through you. I, for most of the songs I'm listing, I was more into the soul side of things, unless right. funk kind of came about around college time. Last song that I want to talk about that exposed me to soul music more specifically is the song Son of a Preacher Man by Dustin Springfield. The original song was written in September of 1968 and featured on her album Dusty in Memphis. And now where, she was one of the big Memphis soul artists, right? Yes, yes she was. Where I'm sure a lot of you have heard this song from is the movie Pulp Fiction. It's a pretty famous song from that movie. And actually, where I first heard it, probably despite better judgment, I watched it almost when it came out. I think it came out in like 98. Yeah, so I watched it pretty close to then, and I, so I was like eight or nine, and it's definitely not a movie for an eight or nine-year-old. <laughs> it's the pretty, it's the famous scene in the in the movie Pulp Fiction where Uma Thurman's character finds like a little baggie of heroin, but thinks it's just cocaine, and snorts it, which. If anyone knows anything about drugs, that's not good. And so while she's basically ODing and like vomiting a milkshake, this song is playing. Oh, that's a, that's a nice image, I guess. And so because of that, this song reminded me, always reminds me of the movie Pulp Fiction, which further reminds me of my love of film, because Tarantino was one of the, my first uh, beloved, I guess, directors, because he was really popular in the 90s, and that was when I first started seeing film as something more than just, ooh, that's pretty. Mm-hmm. I actually saw it as like a form of art. I guess another another way that soul music kind of also helped me branch out into different directions that would come to define me. That sounds pretty epic. Yeah. You know what else sounds pretty epic? What? Son of a Preacher Man by Dusty Springfield. Bam! This is an example of a song that I learned through you. Oh, really? Yeah. Yay. I'm... Because I, because like you said before, I think you really came from the angle of like a lot more of the soul, blues, and R&B type side. Uh-huh. I, I came through discovering more of like the, the funk and disco edge of it. We complement each other well. So, yes. Apparently. <laughs> Ebony and Ivory go together. <laughs> so am I Ebony, then? Yes, and you're of Ivory. course. Everyone knows you're black, Peter. Some people might argue with that. <laughs> people that have eyes. <laughs> yes. I seriously, I need to lend you that book I was that I read um, called How to Be Black. Hmm. It was actually pretty enlightening. Are you so? Are you gonna follow through and become black now? Or? Well, I think once you read the book, you just go onto this website. You have to take a quiz proving you read the book, and then once you do that and you pass the test, it sends you to a link that is an honorary certificate designating that you are indeed black, and you just print that out and frame it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Wait, so the book is called How to Be Black? Yeah, by like Baratunde Thurston. Well, Vanessa, what is it? Why don't we tell our listeners what? 
it's it talks about okay. It. A bar- uh, the the guy who wrote the book, Baratine de Thurston, is he's a writer for the Onion, which is that parody news station. But it's basically just a funny satirical look at black culture and how white culture views black culture, and just funny little anecdotes about his own personal experiences dealing with both black culture and white culture. There's this really funny chapter because his name is like Baratunde. He had this really funny anecdote about just all these different people like completely butchering his name. <laughs> and so whenever white people would look at his name, they'd be like, oh, you're definitely black because <laughs> it's like a very African name. Mm-hmm. But apparently it's like a bastardized version of a, I want to say, Nigerian name called Babatunde. So it's mm-hmm. like a mix of that and some European thing. So uh, people that from Nigeria or from sub-Saharan Africa see that, and because it's like a bastardized version of a Nigerian word, they don't view him as fully African. So he's he's like, it's funny, the white people see my name and think I'm like most assuredly black. Black people see my name and they're like, you're not black. <laughs> so, yeah, good book, definitely recommend it. Is that the first time that we've recommended a book on this show? I think so. I th- so, okay, we've now done movies, video games... Uh, books, technology, electronics. technology, electronics, exactly, and now books. Pretty We're much... becoming like the Amazon <laughs> podcast. Anyway, we actually have one more song there. Oh, whoops. So the last song I want to talk about today is Chameleon by Herbie Hancock. We actually made reference to this song a couple episodes ago uh, when we, we talked about Herbie Hancock as one of the... One of the pioneers of the fusion of jazz and funk. Yeah. And this song is actually, if you, if you want to say he's a blend between jazz and funk, this is probably the best example we have that showcases, you know, that, that blend. So yeah, he released this in 1973 off his album um, Headhunters. And the original song in its entirety is 15 minutes and 44 seconds long. So that's a very long song. That's short for jazz. <laughs> that's true. But it's long for funk. Yeah, it's, it's long for, exactly, it's long for any other genre. It's short for jazz. It's <laughs> so odd. So when I was talking before about how I discovered Parliament, and I had already known, you know, a, a handful of other, you know, funk or soul type songs before that, and so at, during this time when I was starting to learn and try to discover more artists, I I, I don't know what I did. I think I went, just went to Google and typed in like top funk songs or something, and there was a list. It's still there if you if you type it in. I don't know where you know they came up with this list, but basically I basically just created a playlist out of the first 20, 30 songs. Is it digitaldreamstore.com? Maybe I don't. I don't remember. It was just some some page. Okay. Oh yeah, but it is because Chameleon yeah. is number fifteen on this list, which is very yeah, good. Uh, yeah. So this is one example of a song I learned, you know, through that, as well as a, a very many other ones like Sly and the Family Stone and James Brown and stuff like that. Artists who I kind of recognize the song by sound, but not necessarily by name. Stuff like that. So, um, but this is Chameleon was one that stuck out to me because it was so long and it was all instrumental. So, I could do. pretty cool. Let's go ahead and listen to a clip of Chameleon by Herbie Hancock. definitely encourage you to check out the rest of that because obviously we just play tiny clips here but there's a whole lot more to that song i like Herbie hancock because he has so many different like sounds to him mm-hmm. pretty crazy i think that about does it for some of our funk inspirational songs 
that helped us discover funk and soul music as a genre. And you also got to learn a little bit about us as well. Yeah, in our twisted, disturbing childhoods. <laughs> we always learn something from each episode of the show that we do. And we hope that, that you have learned something too as well, funk listeners. Yeah, yeah. Because that's really the point of this show. Not only because we enjoy... We're not only funkatastic, we're funkutational. That's true. The, the purpose of the show really is you know, to, to share with other people this music that we found and hope that we can help expose other people to it. We want to elucidate the situation. What? Elucidate. It's a very fancy word for educate. Oh. Well, I learned something new already. Yay! Vocabulary. <laughs> At the end, we always tell you to go like us on Facebook. We're really trying to increase our number of, of people who like our, our page. If you guys copy the address of our page and then post it to your friends, then they can find it too but yeah funk radio that's the name of our page not only do we you know we post basically right when the the episodes come out so you get it in your little news feed on facebook but also we have other little fun sometimes we put up links of songs that we think are pretty cool that we don't talk about on the show also i think now we're trying to we're, we're going to try to be a little bit more interactive with our fans here yeah to make it a little bit more appealing and hopefully get uh, a bigger audience we can only be interactive if you choose to participate so please play with us so yeah, like us on Facebook, um, subscribe on iTunes, and even if you have already subscribed, you can even give us a rating or a review on iTunes, and that'll help boost our uh, exposure when people are searching for podcasts on iTunes. Okay, so yeah, that was the episode. Hope you guys enjoyed and got a little bit educated about both funk and ourselves. Well, I certainly hope that now that we've brought you 25, we hope that you hope to bring you another 25 and eventually hit 50 episodes, which would be pretty cool. Dude, 50 would be so awesome. And then if we do that again, we get to 100. <laughs> and then we get a free sub sandwich. <laughs> exactly. This has been Peter. This has been Kyle. And you have been listening to Funk Radio. Bye. Bye. <laughs> For more podcasts and the latest news in gaming, movies, and entertainment, visit 8thCircuit.com.